Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And we're talking about Xbox, Activision, and the recent joining player to this particular long-form video series, Sony and their PlayStation 5 product. Why? Because Sony, which we can all recognize as the major rival to Microsoft in the console gaming space, has decided to get significantly more aggressive with its commentary than it had been throughout this entire process, which, remember, was announced in January of this year. Now, if you can't remember any of this because you don't know what the heck is going on and you're thinking, Hogue, what are you even talking about? Please do check out our playlist, Microsoft Times Activision. This will be the 33rd video in that playlist in which we go over basically every detail of how the deal for Microsoft's proposed just about $70 billion acquisition of Activision has been going since it was announced in January. Most recently, we've seen some infighting between these rivals in the gaming industry who like to go public and talk about how wonderful it is to just be growing video games, but has since gotten a little bit heated. Now, mainly we're going to be talking about this through a Games Industry Biz article, which itself is quoting various reporting done in a Financial Times article that's paywalled, but I did manage to look at that before we took a look at the Games Industry Biz article, so everything's above board. I also want to thank Danielle Partis, who is a writer for Games Industry Biz, who actually flagged for me while I was working on this video that Microsoft did deign to respond to what is some pretty incendiary language from Sony on what is overall not a terribly incendiary day. Finally, we're going to be finishing this video off by talking a little bit about what could happen if only one of the jurisdictions were to cancel the deal, because it's not as obvious to a lot of folks who have asked me the question about just what happens if Britain decides, no, this deal's not okay, but the US is okay with it, Europe's okay with it, everyone else is okay with it. What does that even look like? And unfortunately, the answer is it could look like a number of things, but we can talk about them a little bit when we get towards the end. Now, Let's take a look at this Games Industry Biz article. Microsoft Activision acquisition expected to face deeper investigations in UK and EU. And then they've got some updates on some quotes, really, which I think make the news, the news this afternoon. But a lot of folks are also asking about what even is the process right now. So we talked about the Competition Markets Authority, which is the regulator looking at this deal in the UK. We also know that the European Union regulators are a part of this process. And we've gotten news, leaks, rumors, however you want to frame them, that Microsoft is about to submit its case to those EU regulators. And the question has been posed to me in DMs and publicly and comments and elsewhere. What does any of that mean? Should we be concerned about any of this? Let's walk through this article and I'll talk to you about why basically everything that is happening right now is to be expected with respect to the regulators. What wasn't expected, what I really didn't anticipate was Sony going public, publicly talking about how bad this deal is for gaming in general. It's one thing to file regulatory reports with Brazil or the US or the EU or the UK or the Netherlands or anywhere else and say, hey, we'd really prefer not to have Call of Duty exclusive to our main competitor in this space. Can you help us out, regulators? That kind of thing, kind of a light, hey, this might be an issue. When you go out with a statement like this today to the public, you are inflaming not only the console war, but also the financial markets and probably asking Microsoft to also respond with a more aggressive stance towards your company. The console wars, which heretofore have been solely amongst 
somewhat sad console plastic box fanboys and girls talking about those boxes under their TVs and pretending like they're just really on the team of Sony or the team of Microsoft. Well, that's likely to become a more heated war between these two businesses if this continues to accelerate. Microsoft has a lot of resources aimed at buying Activision and a lot at risk should the Activision deal fall apart. Sony is trying desperately to fight off this deal now and, as I framed in the thumbnail, appears to believe there's blood in the water, meaning there's a possibility that if they're aggressive enough, they could convince one or more regulators to try to block the deal I don't know that I agree with them, but they're definitely presenting that in these statements. So let's take a look at this article. Microsoft's $68.7 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard is expected to be investigated extensively by both UK and EU regulators. Now, this is actually a report of the news that's happening today, and that does appear to be accurate. We now expect the UK and the EU to investigate extensively. But I would also offer that back in January, when this deal gets announced, when it's at least five times bigger than any other deal ever announced in the video game space, that I could have promised you that every regulator that does this kind of thing at all would use its heightened scrutiny button, whatever their phase two or their second look or their second request or anything else actually looks like in their statutes to look at this particular deal. It's tech, it's Microsoft, it's almost $70 billion. Everybody's going to look at this in phase two. And so there's no big surprise there. Earlier this month, the UK's Competition and Markets Authority recommended it begin a second phase investigation into impact of the deal. We talked about that in this playlist. I said, hey, that was expected as well. It was concerned that Microsoft's ownership of Activision Blizzard would result in a substantial lessening of competition within a market or markets in the United Kingdom. Now, I will say in terms of reporting, I would offer that what the CMA found is that it could, that their phase one approach was to say, is this a possibility? Is there a probable cause? Can we imagine a scenario in which after doing more research on this deal, it could cause a problem for competition? And they found that it could be so. And I would agree with them entirely. I don't agree with the report that they filed. I don't agree with the Twitter thread, with the emojis that they put out there. I think that's frankly, in bad faith when you're talking about private actors trying to get a business transaction done. But that's their prerogative. In this particular case, though, they found, hey, $70 billion moving around, major publisher, Call of Duty, World of Warcraft. That could possibly lessen competition. We need to look at it further. And I think overall, that's correct. That's accurate. Microsoft was given five business days to supply evidence that would allay these concerns, but the Financial Times reports it has opted not to do so. Now, again, to clarify here, what they proposed, what apparently the British rule is, how the CMA operates, is that they get a very small window of time for anything like this, you know, a $70 billion acquisition, to propose effectively a preliminary consent decree, as we might describe it here in the United States, where we say, okay, you don't like this deal, you think it could be a problem, what if we promised X, Y, Z, or more? And Microsoft decided not to do that. If you go back to the video that I did talking about the CMA's decision, you will see that I thought they wouldn't. It's a very short window of time to come up with any kind of plan. And it looked like they were heading to phase two, no matter what Microsoft might have offered as part of this process. So Microsoft just opted out. That doesn't ruin anything. That doesn't scuttle the deal. That's effectively the same as here in the United States, the Federal Trade Commission moving from their phase one to their phase two, where they say, hey, there's something to look at here. Microsoft says, sure, okay, look at it. And then if after that phase two investigation in the UK and the various phase two investigations done across jurisdictions around the world, they can then discuss what a consent decree or in the UK, an undertaking might otherwise look like. So Microsoft isn't really losing out here. They're just saying, hey, yeah, if you think there could possibly be an issue here, 
why don't you go investigate it further and have those conversations with us? We've got the lawyers lined up and ready to talk to you about it. Let's go through that conversation. Sources familiar with the situation told the Financial Times that Microsoft believed there were no obvious commitments it could make that the CMA would be likely to accept. There was nothing they could promise that they knew would short circuit the process. And so why promise anything at all? As such, an in-depth investigation is expected to start this week. The FT sources also expect a similar situation with regulators in the European Union, remembering that the UK and the European Union are different at this point in time. And the European Union takes a different tact to the FTC in the United States as well. Whereas in the United States, you file a notification almost as soon as you sign that deal. The FTC or the DOJ goes through those documents and then within 30 days says, we're going to need to look at this further. And that proceeds from there. In the EU, at least as described in the Financial Times and in this report, what happens is you go and you do preliminary pre-filing discussions to talk a little bit about what your deal is going to be, and then you submit your quote-unquote case, which seems to mirror what is a phase two in the other parts of the world, which when the EU engages in that, Microsoft is now rumored to be putting that to the EU very, very shortly if they haven't done it already. At that point, every jurisdiction on earth is looking at it through their phase two process if they have one. So America's doing it, the EU is doing it, the UK is doing it, and that's to be expected. It's $70 billion, folks. So if you're excited for a Microsoft deal, don't be worried. If you're trying to scuttle it, you should note that the political process right now suggests that there's a non-zero chance that the deal will, in fact, be scuttled. Uh, Now, that'll take some major jurisdictional issues, and I still have it at about 70-30 that this deal is going to go through, but... It's an unknown, and that's why the markets play a little bit cautious, though not nearly as cautious as some might report, and that's why we have these videos and conversations so, so very often. Or as a quote to Brussels says to the Financial Times, it's a big deal, a difficult deal. It needs an extensive investigation. Now, I don't know if it's a difficult deal. I think looking at Microsoft's position in video gaming in particular and the purchase of a video gaming publisher, not a cloud computing company, not a separate subscription service company, but a publisher of content isn't a difficult deal to kind of say isn't an antitrust problem, but it is big. And a big deal is always going to get this level of scrutiny. Now, as we also talked about in this playlist, things had already heated up before today when Phil Spencer talked to The Verge and said, hey, we offered Sony a promise to keep Call of Duty on their systems uh, for a time. Uh, and Jim Ryan at PlayStation went out, I believe, to Games Industry Biz and said it was completely unacceptable and it was only for three years and basically whined to a major publication in his industry. That accelerated things, but not nearly as far as I think got accelerated today. And you, depending on your proclivities towards Xbox or Sony or heck, Nintendo or PC, will probably look at this through your own lens and decide for yourself how it sounds to you. But to me, it sounds very, very aggressive. So let's take a look at what Sony said today in a comment to Games Industry Biz uh, and a comment perhaps to other folks. I think I saw this in Financial Post and, and Financial Times as well. By giving Microsoft control of Activision games like Call of Duty, this deal would have major negative implications for gamers and the future of the gaming industry, the firm said, that's British for company, in a statement to Games Industry Biz. We want to guarantee PlayStation gamers continue to have the highest quality gaming experience, and we appreciate the CMA's focus on protecting gamers. Now, 
There's a lot that goes into that, but this is the first instance that we have seen. Remember, this deal was announced in January where Sony comes out in public to a major publication in the industry and says, this deal is bad for the industry. This deal is bad for gamers. This is a rival, one of two major rivals, discounting Japan. And I'm sorry, I saw your Splatoon 3 sales switch. You keep on rocking, love Splatoon 3, but you're not a part of this particular conversation. And they are fighting in public. This isn't behind closed doors. This is not a phone call. This is Jim Ryan. This is PlayStation telling the world that they feel that this deal is bad. And I would offer, they would only go to this move if they thought there was a chance in hell that they could get a regulator or more than one, ideally for them, to take action against the deal itself. Now, I have said in other videos in this playlist that I felt that that was ludicrous, that their deal was going to go through in some form or fashion, but that Sony was responding to the fact that Microsoft said they would put Call of Duty on the various platforms and was defending that revenue source for themselves in a way that is entirely understandable when dealing with corporations and, and how they interact with government regulators. This goes past that. This goes significantly past that. Now, I did see comments from others in my Twitter and elsewhere that say, well, maybe they aren't actually believing that they can stop the deal. They want to present to the world that they think they can stop the deal because that will offer them some optical support in console wars or marketing or elsewise. I would offer this. They are now playing with goodwill at the table. If you imagine this is a poker game, they have pushed some of their goodwill into the middle and have suggested that this is bad for gamers overall. And if it goes through at all, or if the FTC and the DOJ and the EU and the UK say, what are you even talking about, Sony? When they get done with their phase two review, Sony loses face. Sony looks like they cried wolf. And I would argue that they are in this particular respect, because when they talk about, we want to guarantee gamers continue to have the highest quality gaming experience, it is easy enough to go out there and say, okay, friend, then why are you also putting up videos that says, here's where the only place you can get Hogwarts games uh, in Hogwarts Legacy. Here is the only place you can get Final Fantasy 16. Yeah, okay, you're trying to give gamers the highest quality gaming experience, but not gamers, PlayStation gamers. And that's a part of what you say here, but that should be noted by the CMA. That should be noted by the EU or the FTC. They are not charged with defending Sony Corp from potential competitors. They are charged with defending competition. And if this scares you, honestly, my knee-jerk reaction is good. That's what competition looks like. And you could go and get $70 billion to counterbid for Activision if you felt so inclined, except... No, you can't. You don't really have those resources. And so you're pounding the table to go get regulators and telling folks that Xbox owning Activision won't just hurt Sony, it will hurt gamers. When if anybody could criticize the CMA's responses so far, it would be that they didn't focus on consumer goodwill. They focused on other things. They focused on ephemeral concepts like cloud markets being separate from gaming markets, being separate from subscription service markets, and affecting your bottom line, Sony and PlayStation. So when I sit here and look at statements like this, I say, wow, this is to be noted. This is a virtual legality. We have to tell folks about this because this actually suggests a change in stance that a hostile Sony will now be making statements against Microsoft and that I would expect Microsoft to return volley in kind. Now, Microsoft takes maybe not the high road, but a completely separate road in terms of subject matter in responding to this. And again, thank you to Danielle for telling me that this was added to the article. Microsoft has responded to Sony's comment regarding the shooter franchise in a statement to us, a spokesperson said, it makes zero business sense for Microsoft to remove Call of Duty from PlayStation, given its market-leading console position. 
Now, that's a very interesting statement in and of itself. It's not responsive to the statement that the deal itself will have major negative implications for gamers and the future of the gaming industry. One thinks very highly of themselves, don't they, Sony? It instead takes this issue, talks only about Call of Duty, and then, if you're really playing along at home, says, we would never take it off because you have such a big console share. But my oh my, if that console share were ever to go away, I guess we'd have to reevaluate our position. Isn't that right, Sony? That's the second sentence that isn't included. It's written in invisible ink on the back of the Constitution. That's what we're dealing with here. Is Microsoft starting to subtweet themselves at Sony? But don't be surprised if Sony takes this tact, believing that they can convince regulators of this fact because they are so public and so aggressive and so loud with it that Microsoft won't start defending itself loudly. And if that happens, well, then we're basically in a shooting war and things will get really lit on the internet. And hey, I'm there for it. Virtual legality is here for it, but I don't think it's the right way. I don't think it's the advisable way to run business. I don't really blame Microsoft if they have to return volley on this, but this is a strange set of statements from Sony. And they are quickly, in my estimation, becoming a bit whiny on all of this. And we will see where it goes in the long run. Now, as I said at the top of this video, I promised, and folks have asked me across the internet on this kind of stuff, what happens if one of these jurisdictions does something and the others don't? They're all different sovereigns. And we can talk about that a little bit. I want to thank Butch4969, who concisely put this, and I'm putting him in the video here. He says, I've always wondered if hypothetically UK blocks the acquisition on their side, but the US allows it to go through, what happens? Would that mean Microsoft ABK could no longer do business there, but everywhere else is okay, or what? Well, the answer is there are about a thousand variables. But if we just take the way that you have described this, the FTC has allowed the deal to go through. Remember, folks, if you take nothing else from this playlist, the U.S. regulators do not approve deals. They allow them and they always retain the right to sue over them later. I'm not saying it's a great system, but it's ours. In other places, they approve the deal and then that kind of forecloses their ability to fight about it later. If everybody approves, but let's say the UK doesn't, then we've got different circumstances. So first of all, if they just flat out approved the other jurisdictions, then the deal can go through there. And then in the UK, they are proposing to block the deal, but they're offering undertakings. They're getting into negotiations between the two parties. So the most likely scenario at that point is that Microsoft and the UK authority, the CMA, start talking. They start having meetings. They start having Zoom calls, lunches, and whatnot. And Microsoft says, all right, we promise to put Call of Duty on the PlayStation for five years. We promise to not change the price of Game Pass for a couple of years. Whatever it might be, what can get you to agree that if we per pursue these particular undertakings, then the deal is allowed, that it won't actually substantially lessen competition? And there'd be some back and forth there. And then ultimately, an undertakings document would be likely to proceed. Now, because the UK is not every jurisdiction on earth, because the FTC would have otherwise allowed it, because the EU would have otherwise approved it, you can put pressure from Microsoft, if you're them, on the UK and saying, look, you've got a, lo a lot of other regulatory authorities with very similar antitrust laws, very similar concerns. They approved it. Why don't you talk to your friends at the FTC? They approved it. Why don't you talk to your friends at the EU? They approved it. Talk about other jurisdictions. And do you really want to go down this road? Because if you do, sure, we can agree to some undertakings that we might otherwise find palatable. But if you decide to push this and you are alone, well, then we can take it to court. We can fight in your court system about whether you have the authority to do this. Is this really the kind of deal that is likely to substantially lessen competition? The other regulators all say no, and they have bigger stakes than you, UK. Obviously, you have your own laws, so we will respect your sovereignty. But is this really the direction that you want to go? So you have 
a couple of options there already. You have a consent decree, an undertakings document that could be agreed to in the UK, and that might actually change the contours of the product, right? You've seen this in part with things like Apple phones or Google operating in certain jurisdictions where one jurisdiction or another will say, this has to be the way your app store is organized, or this has to be the way something else happens. And in software, you can potentially geofence and only offer a specific kind of product in a specific jurisdiction. And you can imagine a world in which Xbox isn't allowed to offer Game Pass into the UK or decides not to because that's what the UK authority was really concerned about. There are variations on that. But if Microsoft is pushed to actually sue over this, well, then you have an actual litigation. Uh, And it depends on how preliminary steps go there, whether they're enjoined from selling into the market, what they do with the deal. Probably they consummate it and then say, we'll figure it out later in the UK. Or the the nuclear bomb option, which is Microsoft says, okay, uh, we can't come to a conclusion on this or God forbid for them, they lose the litigation. We just won't offer our products or services into the UK. Now, Microsoft isn't limited, of course, to Xbox, and that takes its own contours. UK is a substantial market and a financial center in the world. But Microsoft says, no, we'll opt out. Go figure it out. Go change your mind. Go change your law. Whatever it might be, we'll be back when you say. And until then, we're going to run ads uh, in every corner of every city in your country that say something along the lines of, are you missing Microsoft? Are you missing Xbox? Are you missing Windows? Are you missing anything else? Talk to your local uh, representative, parliamentarian, whatever it might be in the UK. And I do apologize, UK viewers, and go talk to them. You, we've seen these kinds of campaigns, right? When licenses are contracts and uh, which is the equivalent of, hey, do you want the Big Ten network? Comcast is refusing our carriage fees. Go ask them to get it back on your network. That kind of thing. You can see any and all of those options. But realistically, mostly the smaller jurisdictions follow the bigger ones because the bigger ones are doing extensive investigations because there's not a big reason for you to step out of line with those if the FTC and the EU are otherwise in agreement and because that's the easier course for everybody. So the big jurisdictions tend to run this, even in the Microsoft uh, disclosures to their securities members, to the Activision folks, they said, here are the jurisdictions we're really worried about. These are the major ones. UK was included in that list, uh, but those drive the conversation and then things move forward from there. But others have been on the internet saying they can't block the deal. They can only find the deal. Well, to some extent, that's true. Uh, You know, these types of regulatory authorities can only penalize for the most part. They're not throwing people in jail. But if those bills get high enough, they could potentially try to seize assets. They could do all sorts of things that we don't really need to go down in terms of going down a bridge until that bridge is actually built for us. But it has a number of options. I don't think that's likely to happen. That seems a fairly remote chance. Generally speaking, Microsoft is well invested in making sure these jurisdictions work together uh, and that they work through all the issues with all the jurisdictions before they even finalize the deal. They also have billions of dollars on the line to make sure that this deal isn't scuttled by regulators under their merger agreement. And so I think it's very unlikely that this is to happen. But I got a lot of notes on this. What happens if just one jurisdiction goes crazy and tries to block it? And the basic options are, okay, if you try to block it, we can try to agree on what kind of consent decree we might otherwise have. We could sue you. We could walk out of your jurisdiction. We could change our product for a given jurisdiction, depending on these things. That tends to go with a consent decree or an undertakings document. But those options are all in play. Doesn't really mean the deal wouldn't happen necessarily, but that they would have a pretty significant hurdle, depending on the size of the jurisdiction, to try to figure out with respect to operating within 
that jurisdiction. Hopefully that's helped Butch and everybody else that asked. Hopefully this has been a useful conversation for you all. If you like these conversations about law and business of video games, culture, software, technology, and more, please consider supporting the channel. We can't do it without viewers like you. Please check it out on Utreon or Patreon. Either platform is great. If you don't like either of those options, subscribing, telling your friends we're having these conversations, sharing them on Reddit or Twitter, Facebook, wherever else you might find yourself, all of those things help get this information out there, and I'm so, so appreciative of that effort. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.